it's in 15 different videos. So um, we're still working, still working. Uh, we got some tweaks going this morning, and um, it's a process. So y'all pray for us. Uh, but we we are in communication with people who can help. So or if y'all know people, you know. Uh, so we are we are still in the month of September. So that means a ball or a doll. If you have not yet brought a ball or a doll, you can do so. Uh, Wednesday will probably be the last time that you'll be here before October begins. Uh, so bring those, put those into the nice little basket that's out there, and um, the organization people will get those into the right place. Uh, also, there are papers on the table back there that tell what to bring for the homeless. So we're going on October 17th, which is a Tuesday, October 17th. We are going to be going out again with the Watchmen of the Streets. If you would like to join us out to uh, to go and, and minister to those who are homeless. And I, when I say minister, we're taking bags of of goodies that um, Kim has so nicely put together. Thank you, Kim. And we are just handing those out and just telling the people we love them. We try our best to pray for each one. We'll ask each person, can we pray for you? If they say yes, then we do. If they say no, I, I have somewhere to be, we say, okay, well, that's all right. What's your name? And I'll be praying for you in my private time. So we are able to do that. It's not anything that's... Um, that's like trying to <laughs> give them the Roman road of salvation. It is really and truly that simple. As we go out and minister, we're just showing the love of Jesus. So if you would like to participate, we'd love for you to go with us, and we'll talk about the exact time to be here. But otherwise, if you're not able to go or just that is not your thing, uh, please do consider giving. So on the bottom section are the things that we need people to donate. So it's mostly food items that are down at the bottom, uh, some basic food items that and things that will last for a long time. But there's also a couple things like uh, batteries that are on there that, that we could definitely use when we go out. So if you'd like to bring those things, just make sure they're here before the 17th and um, preferably, you know, a week before so that we can get those things into the bags and, and have them ready for going out. And if you just don't have time to get by the store and buy those things, if you want to give, just write your um, write homeless or watchman of the streets on your envelope, put that in the offering plate, and Sister Dean will get it to the right place. So that is, and the next Sunday is first Sunday meal. Now this is a very special first Sunday meal because it is our planning session for 2024. So you do not have to bring anything. Okay, food will be provided. Dessert will be provided. Yeah, yeah. So everything will be provided, except for the ideas. Bring bring some ideas. Bring some thoughts with you, and uh, we will we'll be over there. I will have timer set because I have been in meetings before that I thought, my golly, when will this ever end? And uh, <laughs> I don't want y'all to feel that way. Okay. Uh, 
looking around at everybody going, we got stuff to do. We could be elsewhere right now. But uh, I don't want you to feel that way. But do do keep in mind that we will have a, an extended period of time that we're together and, and doing some planning, but it will not be a, a laborious thing. You may miss the, the first quarter of the Panthers playing. I don't know. You'll miss kickoff, perhaps. I don't know. But uh, but we will not. You will be able to watch the rest of the game. Don't worry. Okay. They'll they'll be there, losing just like they always do. Maybe not. But um, but do plan to uh, do plan to be here next week with some thoughts. And we'll talk about what worked this year, what didn't work this year, uh, what we'd like to tweak. Yeah, we're just gonna have a great time. So any other announcements, we will certainly let you know. And this is the last first Sunday meal of the year because. We're looking forward in November to Thanks Meal. I know that's, y'all, that's only about seven weeks away. So begin now inviting people to come to Thanks Meal. We want them here. It's always the Sunday before Thanksgiving. And also there's going to be another community uh, Thanksgiving service that night. So got a lot of great things going on. We're getting into a very busy season. I know people are like, oh, I have so many family things to do. But do not let uh, church become a back burner thing. We want you to, to be here and, and participate. Uh, so any other announcements, we will certainly let you know. You'll get a call or some kind of some kind of word. Y'all, y'all know about the, maybe you know about the pillows. You know, I, when we were when we were talking about health and wellness in our relationships, I talked about the fact that for many, many years, many years, Shane Williams had a particular way that he wanted the pillows to be turned, and he never communicated that with me. So I would turn them when I made the bed. I would turn them the way that. Turn them the way that I, I wanted them or, or didn't really care one way or the other. We have so many pillows on the bed. Seven pillows that are in use nightly. Anyway, so I would turn them just however way. And then that one day he said, you do this to annoy me, don't you? And I learned that he had been turning the pillows. That after I got done making the bed later on that day, he would go up there quietly, secretly. And he would turn the pillows the correct direction. Correct direction. Okay. I learned this about eight, nine years into our marriage. So, yeah. So, an interesting thing happened this past week. He was gone to Chicago on a, on a business trip. He was gone Monday through Thursday. And I was... I was sleeping all by myself. Well, the cat every once in a while would come in there, but I was sleeping all by myself just on my particular side using only my pillows. So I only had to make my side of the bed, and he wasn't going to be there for three or four days. But an interesting thing happened. I put the pillows the way that he liked them every day. Thank you. Because it has become second nature to put the pillows that way. And I thought about our relationship with the Lord. Sometimes when we first get into relationship with the Lord, sometimes we think, oh, Lord, do I have to love my enemies? Do I have to pray for those who despitefully use me? Do I have to do this? Do I have to do what your word says? Do I have to do those things that please you? 
And as we begin to love him more and more, as we begin to fall more in love with Jesus, then it doesn't matter. He doesn't have to tell us. He doesn't have to remind us to love our neighbors. He doesn't have to remind us not to bear false witness because it just becomes a second nature to us. We just do what he wants us to do because we love him. It's, it's who we are. So I encourage you this morning, draw closer to him and it will make it so much easier to do what he says. Amen. Let's sing this morning and go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your goodness. You are great. You are greatly to be praised. We just lift you up and bless your name. God, we thank you for this opportunity to, to learn you more, to know you more. God, to fall more in love with you because you are so wonderful to us. And, and we thank you for the relationship that we can have with you. Heavenly Father, I ask you now that you would have your will in each and every life, God, for those who are here, those who are watching. Lord, you see the things that we're going through. You see see the burdens that we've brought in with us. Lord, you see the, the hurt physically, emotionally, mentally that each person is facing. God, you see the decisions that they have to make in the coming weeks. God, you see the, the difficulties that they're having in their family situation. God, you see the grief that they're fighting through. But God, we just ask you right now to have your will and your way because there is no one who is here by accident. God, there is a, each and every person is here because you desire to meet with them, to meet their needs, and to just touch them in a way that they haven't experienced yet. God, I pray that you would touch each person who's watching online God, your strength, your anointing on them. I pray that you would lift them up if they are in need of physical or mental or emotional help. God, you see and you know exactly what each person's going through. I thank you and I praise you. God, I ask your will to be done in each and everything that is done. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Miracles when you move, such an easy thing for you to do. Your hand is moving right now. You are still showing up at the tomb of every Lazarus. And your voice is calling me out. And right now, I know you're able my God, come through again. You can do all things. You can do all things but fail. Cause you've never lost a battle. No, you've never lost a battle. I know, I know, you never Everything's possible by the power of the Holy Ghost. A new wind is blowing right now. Breaking my heart of stone, taking over like a Jericho. And my walls are all crashing down. And right now, I know you're able. God, come through again. 
you've never lost a battle. No, you've never lost a battle. I know, I know, you never will. Cause you can do all things. You can do all things but fail. Cause you've never lost a battle. No, you've never lost a battle. I know, I know, you never will. You've never lost a battle. You've never lost a battle. You've never lost a battle. You never will. You've never lost a battle. You've never lost a battle. You've never lost a battle. You never will. You've never lost a battle. You've never lost a battle. You've never lost a battle. Lord, you never will. No, you've never lost a battle. You've never lost a battle. You've never lost a battle. You never will. You can do all things. You can do all things but fail. Cause you've never lost a battle. No, you've never lost a battle. I know, I know, you never will. You can do all things. You can do all things but fail. Cause you've never lost a battle. No, you've never lost a battle. I know, I know, you never will. Sing, I know. I know, I know, you never will. And I know, I know, you never will. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you are fighting for us. Thank you, Lord, fighting our battles. Hallelujah. Thank you,
promise keep light in the darkness my god that is who you are you are the way maker miracle worker promise keeper light in the darkness my god that is who you are you are my way maker miracle worker promise keeper light in the darkness my god that is who you are you know that this morning give him praise he does great things thank you lord him today amen he is good he's a great god thank you lovely lord thank you lovely lord amen 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 praise god good to be in the lord's house today and it's a good time to be a child of god amen our mission we're leaving it close by where we look in our bibles mornings or evenings or whenever our mission our vision it's there ever before us Reminding you again of our uh, table back in the back for the Gideons. Uh, I understand we're going to be having a Gideon sometime during the month of October. Um, the scheduling is yet to be done, but looking forward to that time. I like giving to the Gideons. Amen. I like it when we have a service time and and one of the Gideons comes to uh, minister to us, and, and we give in our offerings then. And I, I hope that I'm able to give good. And it's a good thing to give because they use every dollar to buy Bibles, to uh, give to Bibles throughout the world. And, um, but then this is another way you can do it all during the year, anytime. This one says, in recognition. Uh, so you could send a card in recognition. Uh, wonderful card here. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. What a great card. Amen, amen. And then here's one in memory. And uh, there's so many. I have only five here. Others that are beautiful. Got great messages on them and in them. And what you do is get that card Give five dollars for it. Sister Dean uh, takes care of that and and makes sure that the money gets to the right place unless you mail it to them. There's a thing in there, but Sister Dean will be sure. So let's share God's word. Let's do that. We can do that every day to the year. I know that you won't do a card every day. I won't do a card every day. And some people are not card people, but please. Uh, if you would like to have some cards sent, there are probably a couple of people, maybe like, uh, uh, what's your name, sister? Kim. Yeah, Kim Garris. Somebody like Kim Garris would, um, would probably take uh, 15 cards if you want to do that, and you give the $5 to Gideon's for the cards. She'll send them wherever you want. <laughs> Hallelujah! It's a good thing. It's a great thing. And I, I'm glad 
that we can do. I'm so glad for what Jesus has done for me. I'm so glad that he left the glory world, come down and served in this land for the time that he did to minister and to make disciples. I'm glad that Jesus gave his life for me, that his blood was shed to cover my sin. Praise God. What a wonderful thing. How much has Jesus Christ done for me? How much? Now, my question is, how much have I done for him? How much have I done for all that he has done for me? And so immediately some people would say, well, I can't preach. I can't play the piano. I can't be a Sunday school teacher. I can't be in charge of this and this and this. I'm not qualified. Oh, and so we automatically, some people, not all, but some people automatically make excuse. After all that Jesus has done for me, what am I doing for him? And no, everybody will not be preachers. Everybody will not be Sunday school teachers. Everybody will not be prophecy preachers. But you can tell those around you what he has done. You can testify to others how Jesus has made a difference in your life. Oh, and that's the beginning of what we can do for him after all that he has done for us. I love him this morning. I thank him for his blessings day by day. Because truly, as the psalmist has written, that he daily loadeth us with benefits. A psalmist said later that he would not withhold any good thing from them that walk uprightly. Hallelujah. So he's constantly concerned about us. Amen. Is there a person here today? You'll brag on the Lord Jesus. Do something for Jesus by telling others how God has blessed you. Amen. Thank you, lovely Lord. Praise God. God bless you, Brother Vic. God is good, isn't he? He's a great God. Amen. Another that would say something for the Lord Jesus. Yes. Somebody else want to brag on the Lord Jesus today. Amen. He is so good. I love him. <laughs> Another part of the psalmist said, Oh, clap your hands. 
Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord. Give him praise and exalt him. Lift his name on high. Hallelujah. God is good today. All right, there's another that would like to say. Praise God. God is, I'll tell you, thank you, folks, for your testimonies today. God bless you. Hallelujah. 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 Good morning and welcome to the Cornelius Church of God. We're glad to have all of you with us this morning. It's time to receive our tithe and offering if our usher will come and take up our offering this morning. Brother Joyner, will you say the blessing over the offering for us this morning, please? If anybody needs help or wants me to help you make up your bed after a while, I'll come by and help you out. Show you how to put your pillows. But, all right, go ahead. <laughs> it's prayer request time. Sister Aiken.
let's pray for Colton as he goes back to school, to school and let's pray that um, let's see if he finds a new place to stay quickly Sister Joyner. Sandy, let's pray a touch from the Lord, and let's pray for Sister Judy as she heals quickly and gets gets back into church. We miss her, Gretchen. in her growing pains and let's pray that uh, for Gretchen's teacher and pray for Gretchen that she's listening in class and everything let's pray for Pop Pop's back
shaken I was shattered by the fall Broken and forgotten Feeling lost and all alone Summoned by the king Into the master's court Lifted by the savior And cradled in his arms I was carried to the table
Good morning again. Hello. Happy that you're here. So, we are taking a look today. Now, last week, we considered health and wellness in the church in Smyrna. That death means nothing to a living God. Amen. Because Smyrna, we know, uh, means myrrh. And the entire area was associated with death. Throughout the entire letter that Jesus sent to them, it was all about death. But death means nothing to a living God because he is able to speak life and resurrection. The second thing we saw was the enemy makes counterfeits. He will, he will pretend and he will make you think that... Uh, certain people in your life or certain situations in your life are sent from God oh this is great opportunity let's do this but the devil makes counterfeits that show mm, he's he is a, a deceiver and that is his goal is to steal and kill and destroy to deceive us and then we learn that I am who he says I am so if he says that I am alive and victorious if he says that I am rich then I am exactly who he says I am so now we move to the third church that was listed the church of Pergamos this city is now called by its modern name of Bergama but the name of the city means height elevation or fortified there was a vast library in the city of Pergamos containing 200,000 volumes. Now, that's a pretty large library, especially for that time, uh, almost 2,000 years ago. So, the city was so identified with this library that the word for parchment, which is Pergamina Charta, came from the name Pergamos. They were one of the first cities to actually use parchments instead of the, the older types of uh, materials that had been used. So sometimes leather, sometimes papyrus, but they, they had learned how to make parchments. And ha these, this was used here in Pergamos. The city was known for wealth and trade and beauty. It was built around a beautiful castle. Many richly ornamented buildings were built here at Pergamos. The most beautiful and prominent of all the different structures that were within the city may have been the 40-foot altar of Zeus. Now, this is still in, in existence today. There is a museum in Greece that still has this 40-foot... I, I looked at pictures of it, and it is incredible. Just impressive as can be. Enormous altar with stairs going up and into a, a colonnade and all sorts of frescoes and, and carvings in this 40-foot altar of Zeus. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. But this was one of the most prominent places that people would go to worship. Yet, 
the Pergamums did not only worship Zeus, they worshipped Athena, Dionysus. We, we talked about Dionysus last week. Uh, the Church of Smyrna worshipped Dionysus, but they, they worshipped Athena, Dionysus. And they were the first city to make a temple for emperor worship. So there was a dedicated temple to go and worship the emperor of Rome. So we see in Revelation, beginning in verses 12 and 13, it says, And to the angel of the church of Pergamos write, These things saith he that hath the sharp sword with two edges. I know thy works, and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. And thou holdest fast my name, and hast not denied my faith, even in those days wherein Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was slain among you, where Satan dwelleth. So notice the greeting that Jesus sends to this church. Thus says the one who has the sharp sword with two edges. So what image does this bring to mind? Well, we understand the idea, sharp sword, two edges. This, the imagery here is symbolizing judgment. So Jesus would come to them to bring judgment against the church if they did not get victory. But also we understand the writer of Hebrews tells us that the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any double-edged sword so jesus is saying to them i am the one who has the word that comes forth i am the one who has the true words of life although you are rich and educated although this city is known for its parchments its library of two hundred thousand volumes and you have all the knowledge that anyone could want. I am the one with the truth. He said, I know with absolute clarity your works, your toil, your efforts, your deeds. Notice that in all these uh, churches thus far, they're working. I know your works. I know the things that you are doing for the Lord. You're getting things done. I know that. And I know where you dwell. I know where you live. I know where you have to put down your tent. I know. And where Satan's throne is in the city of your dwelling. So this could refer to the enormous altar of Zeus or the temple of the emperor. I know where Satan's seat is. I know that in your city, it's a difficult place to live because it is consumed by idolatry. I know that it makes living for God difficult. I know. I know where you live. I know that every time you walk out your door, you see altars and temples to gods that are false. I know that, that as you go about your day, you have to go work beside places that people are worshiping things other than the true God. I know that. I see that. And yet, they held fast, this word meaning retain or find strength. They had held fast to the name of Jesus. They had not denied or rejected their faith in Him. Although they were faced day by day with people who were worshiping someone other than God, although they were faced day by day with people who were calling out to false gods, and saying, oh, this is the right way, or this is the right way, or there is no right way. Just worship them all. 
or worship no one. That's up to you. Even though they faced this day by day, they had not rejected their faith in the one true God. He says, even though Antipas, who historically was known as the bishop of Pergamos, so he was kind of the the state overseer of that particular area, he was martyred in this city. He said, even though you saw this happening, even though there is there are martyrs who are being killed in this city, I know that you have faith in me, that you believe in me. Then we look at verses 14 and 15. But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed unto idols and to commit fornication. So hast thou also them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. So herein lies the problem. First, you, you guys are doing great. You've held on to your faith. You're, you're, I see you. I see you. But there are some among you who hold Balaam's doctrine. Some among you there, where? Within the church? It would seem to be so for a few reasons. First, Jesus would not necessarily point out this issue that was occurring within the city among non-believers. He wouldn't necessarily say, oh, well, there are some in your city who are following the teachings of Balaam. Because what would the point be? Of course, the people in that church knew that the outside world were sinners and they were following the, the wrong things. So he's addressing issues within the church. Also, he mentions the teaching of the Nicolaitans. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. This is the perversion in which Nicholas from Acts chapter 6 had heard what the Jerusalem council said. The, the council said, don't eat meat sacrificed to idols, don't eat anything that still has the blood in it, and keep yourself from sexual immorality. And he had heard those things, and then he said, nah, I think that we have freedom in Christ. So what was Balaam's doctrine? Taking a look at that one first. In the Old Testament book of Numbers, there was this prophet Balaam. Y'all may have uh, heard of him. He had a donkey who talked to him. It was one of my favorite stories when I was young. Still really like it. But Balaam was called upon, he was a, a prophet, who was called upon by King Balak of the Moabites to curse the children of Israel. He called to Balaam, I will give you all sorts of riches if you will just come and curse these people for me. Balaam said, okay, I will come and I will curse them. But something strange happened. Every single time that he would try to curse them, he wouldn't be allowed to. He just couldn't speak the words to curse them. He had to bless them instead. Because he couldn't, he couldn't curse the people of God without the permission of God. 
So time after time, he would get up there and he'd see, well, maybe we just need to go to a new location. So they'd go to a different mountaintop. And he would be about to curse them, and he'd say, y'all be blessed in Jesus' name. Oh, wait, man. Ah, and then Balak would get really upset. He didn't say Jesus. I, that was just me being funny a little. Um because they didn't know Jesus' name at that point. But then Balak would get really angry. This is not what I'm paying you to do. Let's go to a different mountaintop. And he'd stand up there and he'd say, Y'all be blessed. Oh, man. Sorry, king. So the, the king was very, very angry. Balaam said, Okay, I'll tell you what you can do. I'm not going to be able to curse them. Because God won't allow me to. The words just will not come out. I will not be allowed to curse them. But what you can do, send some women into the camp. Send some ladies in. And those ladies will be attractive to the men. And they will begin to commit fornication with them. And then they will be led into idolatry. So, that's what happened. And the people received the curse from God because they were committing fornication and idolatry. This was a stumbling block. A stumbling block to the people. And we see in verse 14, this word stumbling block is the Greek word scandalon, a trap or a snare, from which we get the word scandal. So he's saying there are scandals going on within your church. Because you are allowing those who keep this doctrine who keep the doctrine of Balaam, and who keep the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. So once again, we remember this teaching was supported and encouraged by Nicholas, who was telling people, exercise your freedom under the grace of God. Oh, if you know, the more you sin, the more grace will abound. Be free. Do whatever you want to. It's okay to commit fornication, to commit sexual sins. That's all right, because the grace of God will cover you. It's okay to worship other gods and to, to go to these places where people are worshiping other gods, because the grace of God will cover you. Oh, it's fine. And Jesus himself said, I hate that, and I'm going to come and pass judgment on that. They were eating food sacrificed to idols at the idolatrous love feast. Now, this is something because I know Paul said, you know, if you sit down at a dinner with somebody and they're serving you meat, don't ask them, did this meat come from an idol? Was this meat Because what, what would happen is the people would go sacrifice food to, to different idols as a, an offering to them, and then later on, the merchants would come by and buy up all the, the sacrificed food and they would sell it in the marketplace. And then people would go to the marketplace and they would purchase the food. Well, 
Paul said, look, if you happen to be having dinner with somebody and they serve you food that has been sacrificed to an idol, if you are eating it with thanksgiving to God, you're not eating it in idolatry, you're not in a temple eating it to worship this false god, you, you pray over it and it's fine. Okay, don't ask. Don't ask them. Don't, don't say, oh, I can't eat this meat if, if it's been sacrificed to an idol. Paul says, don't. it's okay because there's only one God, so don't be acting like that. But what is happening here is the Nicolaitans were going to the temples. They were worshiping these false gods in this pretense of freedom. And they were eating this food sacrifice to idols while they were worshiping idols. So this was the problem. They were engaging in sexual immorality, exercise. Oh, I'm free. I'm free. No. No. You're bound by fleshly desires. God hates these things. God hates these things because he knows the hurt that it causes. He knows how it tears at our hearts and pulls us away from Him. Verses 16 and 17. Repent or else. Repent or else I will come unto thee quickly and I will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna and will give him a white stone and in the stone a new name written which no man knoweth saving he that receiveth the only solution is repentance repent think differently or else he would engage in warfare against those who followed false teachers he would come against them with the sword of judgment from his mouth and what is this judgment against those who follow false teaching again we remember that the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword so God's word is truth he said I will come against you with truth if you keep believing this lie I will come against you with truth He said, those who are capable of spiritual awareness, those who have ears, let them hear. Listen to this warning from the Holy Spirit. He says, to those who get victory over these issues, we'll be given three things. The first thing that will be given, and these are not the points, so no worries. <laughs> the first thing that will be given is the hidden manna. Now, there are theories that come to mind when we think about the hidden manna. So, the hidden manna, Moses, of course we know that the, the manna came down from heaven to feed the children of Israel when they were walking around the wilderness for 40 years. And Moses had been instructed to put manna into a jar and put the jar into the Ark of the Covenant. And now the Ark of the Covenant, theories are that before the exile, the Ark of the Covenant was taken to a very secret place and, and hidden so that it would not be destroyed. So it could be that he is saying, I will give you of the original manna. I'm going to give you of those things, those very special secret things that are hidden. 
Also, a theory is that Jesus is the bread of life who sustains us in times of trouble, in the wilderness seasons of our life, just as he did for the children of Israel. So maybe, maybe Jesus is saying, I will give you of myself. I'm going to give you of the bread of life if you overcome. It is also said that manna is the, fruit, the food of angels. So it could be a reference to being fed in heaven. I will, you will go to heaven and you will eat of the heavenly manna. So it's possible that this is a statement of victory, that if you overcome, you'll be taken to heaven, you'll have this, this feast of manna. The second thing that was given to them would be a white stone. Now, there are many interpretations of this as well. Some say that he's referring to the precious stones that were on the vest of the priest in the temple. We know that the priests who ministered in the temple, they had 12 different stones on their vest to represent the 12 tribes of Israel. And he, he could be referring to the fact that he will adopt us into the family of Israel. That we will, because each of those stones had a name written for one of the tribes. So it could be that he's saying, I will adopt you into my family and you'll become part of the tribe. Also, this was the means by which, at, at this point in history, people would cast a vote. So a name would be written on a small pebble. And the people who were voting would cast their pebble into one bucket or another if they're voting for someone or something so they he might be saying you're casting your vote for jesus you are choosing christ so you're going to get this stone so that you can place your name alongside the names of all other believers another explanation is from greek history we hear a lot about these olympic games this was a, a very big thought here in the Old Testament because the people who were reading this would have seen these games regularly. Every year they had some type of, of games, whether it was the true Olympic games in Athens or it, in other large Greek cities. So they would have seen these games. And when a person won the game, we know that they, would, they got that special crown, but also one of the perks of being a winner of the games was you got a special white stone. And this white stone would be given to each winner and it symbolized quite a few things. It was a ticket, basically, to every event that ever happened in any of those cities. If you wanted to go to a fancy party, you'd just take your white stone and you'd show it at the door as proof that you were a victor of one of the games and you were allowed in. Or if you wanted to you know, be in a, in a banquet for the, the emperor, you'd show your white stone and you were able to get in. This white stone also carried with it the power and the authority of the government because each person who was a winner of the games was set up for life. They never had to pay any more bills. They, uh, they were given a stipend by the government for life. So if you, if you needed something paid, if you needed something done, you would just present your stone 
and oh well you can have this because you are a victor of the games so it could be that Jesus is saying to them you have oh if you overcome then you're going to be given this stone that gives you all access to the kingdom of God this is a key to the kingdom now Jesus told the disciples that this would happen it is the father's good pleasure to give you the keys to the kingdom so it could be that Jesus is referring to something like that here because that white stone was a key. It was an invitation. It was an open door to anything that they wanted. A symbol of victory. And then the third thing that they would receive is a new name that only the receiver knew. Once again... Various arguments can be made about this, but I've preached this verse before. A long time ago, long time ago, I'm sure that I have it somewhere in my office because I've kept every, <laughs> every bit of paper I've ever written anything on. But this particular verse correlates with my previous thoughts. I really believe that that what I preached before was true. That on this stone was a name that was different. It wasn't our, it wasn't our personal name. You know, Jennifer Williams was not written on the stone. I believe that there are struggles that we all face. There are lies that we fight. There are testimonies that we can't share but God sees them all. And I believe that one day a new name will be written on the stone that relates to our story. That no one understands but us. That if someone else saw your stone and saw the, the word that was written over on it, overcomer, or peaceful, or joy, or blessings or chosen or head only and not the tail or or champion whatever it may be i believe that the name that is written on this stone will reflect the struggles that we've overcome in the past redeemed victorious set free powerful man of God whatever it may be that that the thing that the enemy has spoken lies about in the past the thing that we have had to pray over and over and over again God help me to understand the truth of who I am help me to recognize who I am in you I think that God will write on this stone who we are in him so that we have this constant reminder for all of eternity that I can just look at this stone and recognize this is who I am. This is who God says I am. This is my new name that only me and God can understand. So what is the Spirit saying to the churches? Well, what can we gain from health and wellness from this, this church at Pergamos? We see some important truths. Number one, God sees you where you are. <sighs> Thank you, God. Jesus had told the believers in this church, I know the work you're doing for me. I know where you live. You're in a place that's making it difficult for you to believe. I know that. I know what you're facing. I see you. 
I was in uh, one of my classes last week and talking to the professor there and just asking him some things that were just personal things where we were coming back from a break and just asking him a few questions and he said thank you for asking it feels good to be seen and it's true because oftentimes we talk to people we ask them oh how are you doing I'm okay how about you and and we never truly see them we never truly see what they're going through we don't take the time to or we don't know how to get to what they're facing but it feels good to be seen and God sees us he said I know where you live and yet you remain faithful I know the struggle that you go through I know that your family's not saved but yet you remain faithful I know that you're going to a workplace where they're they're discouraging and and they talk ugly or or they don't believe in me I know that but you still remain faithful I know that you have these struggles that are going on in your life and you don't know how you're going to make it but yet you remain faithful God sees you he knew where the idols were where the danger was lurking God's eyes are on you you haven't been abandoned when you are worried or anxious or confused he knows he sees see God didn't have to be reminded of the martyr that was that had died in that place he said I know Antipas I remember him I saw as he was being martyred Antipas according to history was cooked to death in a bronze kettle just cooked just put into boiling hot water and cooked to death and God saw and he knows when we're facing issues and when we're in the midst of the fire and when we feel like I don't know if I'm going to make it God says I see my faithful servant I see I know what they're going through and we got to remember, God did not rescue Antipas from that. He had to endure that. But at the time of this writing, Antipas was with Jesus. He was in the presence of God. So even when God does not rescue, even when he doesn't take away the pain and the issues, when he does not, he is still with us and he still sees the second thing we learn here is that there must be no other gods in our lives. Jesus told them, I'm aware of where Satan's throne is. I see your city, and I know where Satan's throne is. Again, could be referring to this massive altar to worship Zeus. It could be referring to the temple of the Roman emperor, Satan's seat. I know where his throne is. I know where he has set himself up. He feels so comfortable in your town that he has set his throne up to be worshipped there God saw and was not pleased but then within the church he condemned the teachings of Balaam and the Nicolaitans these teachings had some things in common both of them encouraged sexual immorality and both encouraged idolatry the first of the ten words we, we know is, I preached about this almost two years ago probably the ten words so it's 
in Jewish tradition, they're not the Ten Commandments. They are words that were given specifically from Yahweh. And according to Jewish tradition and in the Jewish Bible, the first of the ten words is not, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. It is, I am Yahweh who brought you out of Egypt and out of slavery. That's the first of the ten words. I am Yahweh who brought you out of Egypt and out of slavery. So the first thing that God wanted the people to understand is the things that you're putting yourself into are the things I already got you out of. I rescued you from that. Don't keep going back to it. Do not allow yourself to become enslaved by things that you've already been rescued from. When we love anything more than God, we have become enslaved by it. When we love any person, When we love anything, any person, more than God, it has become an idol to us. And that is offensive to God. We cannot change his word to excuse ourselves. We make ourselves God in that case. When we say, oh, I'm sure God is fine with that. I'm sure that God understands. I'm sure that God is, is okay. If we allow anything to be over him in importance in our lives, God is not okay with that. And our excuses make us God. The people in Pergamos thought that they had all the knowledge. They have this massive library, plenty of opportunities for learning. Yet it is Christ from whom comes all truth. The third thing that we see is that he will reveal the hidden things. And this can be in a positive or in a negative. There is nothing that we do that is hidden from God. The writer of Hebrews says we are, we are naked before him. There is nothing that we say or do or think that God doesn't already know and recognize. That's why I tell people, if you're mad at God, go ahead and tell him. Go ahead and say, God, I'm, I'm mad. I'm feeling really upset with you right now. Because he already knows. There's no reason to try to hide it from him. And as we speak to him, we are keeping the lines of communication open. As we talk to God and say, God, I feel this way and I feel frustrated or I feel upset or I feel disappointed or I'm mad with you, at least we understand that he's the one that we have to go to. So as he reveals these hidden things, the gift of the overcomers were things of hidden value, the hidden manna, that, that bread of life, this all-access invitation stone something that that you wouldn't flash around you keep that in a hidden safe place you don't want anybody else to get that and this unknown name 
And it doesn't make sense to anybody else. And it doesn't have to make sense to anybody else. Because we are made overcomers with him. He knows what we're going through. He knows. He sees. And he brings about the redemption. The Spirit desires to reveal God through his word. And the only way to discover the bread of life is to seek him, taste and see that he's good. The only way to receive the stone of invitation is to press on and win the race. And the only way to know who we are in Christ is to seek his purpose for our lives, to read and trust, believe in his word. So we continue to learn from these seven churches and from the church in Pergamos. We understand that God sees you where you are. There must be no other gods in our lives, and he will reveal the hidden things. As we go to the Lord in prayer, as the music plays... Just ask the Lord to to help us. If there are idols in your life, ask God to reveal them to you. Because he will accept no other gods in our lives. He wants the only place. If you're struggling and you need him to remind you who you are, you can do that. Heavenly Father, we come to you now. We thank you. We praise you. We give you glory and honor. You are great. And only good. Heavenly Father, I thank you that that you see us. I thank you that you see us exactly where we are. That when we go through issues, when we go through pain, when we feel like we're never going to make it, when we feel discouraged, when we feel hurt physically, mentally, emotionally, God, you see us. Father, that sometimes you don't rescue. Sometimes you walk with us through the issue that we have to face it. We have to walk through it. But God, we know that we are never alone. Father, I thank you that you see us. So now, God, you see in our hearts, shine the searchlight of the Holy Spirit. Lord, just look inside and if there's anything in us, that is ahead or above you, God, take it away right now. God, I pray that we would reorganize our priorities, that you would be number one, that you would be first and foremost in our lives, that you would be the one that we give all our honor and glory to, God, that you would be it for us. Father, I pray that if there are idols in in anyone, they would be cast down in Jesus' name. God, family or friends or relationships or job or money or pleasure. God, if there is anything, if there is anything that is taking your place in our lives, cast it down in Jesus' name. Because God, there is nothing worth missing heaven for. There is nothing worth there is nothing worth not seeing you and not spending eternity with you. And Father, I pray now that you would Give us those hidden things. God, give us a new name. Lord, reveal to us who you say we are. That that the lies of the enemy would be cast down. That we would believe them no longer. But Lord, that you would give to us the special invitation of the victors. God, that we would be victorious. That we would run the race. That we would that we would win that prize. That you would call us chosen and beloved, that you would call us 
royal priesthood. That you would call us forgiven and set free. God, that you would call us changed. Heavenly Father, your will be done in each of our lives. That we honor you, that we please you. And now we say And now we say over your people, may Yahweh bless you and keep you. May Yahweh make his face to shine upon you. May Yahweh be gracious to you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. And spreading.